live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Welcome to Is That Really in the Bible? How many sick people do you know? You know, you go visit a hospital. You ever notice, I mean, you can walk down hallway after hallway and you look into the rooms like you probably look into them like I look into them and I think sort of my heart goes out to these people, but how many sick people there are. And you're just walking through one hospital. You ever been to an old folks home? A lot of sick people there also. But let me ask you, are you in the, are, what about you? Are you sick? Are you in the physical condition that you would like to be in? And if you are sick, how does God feel about your condition? Does he care? And I think a lot of people think, well, no, God doesn't care. I think that's the reason a lot of people have given up on God. They just think, well, you know, God doesn't really care about my condition. It's just my fate to live out with, in this pain and this suffering that I'm in. But is it really? Or does God, does God really care? And what's really in the Bible about your condition when you are sick? What does the Bible say? Let's find out what the Bible says. What would you give to be delivered from your pain, your condition? You know, a long time ago, I, about eight years ago, I had some excruciating lower back pain. And uh, because of the type of work that I did for many years, masonry work, and my back went completely out and I had to like crawl to the bathroom. This went on for a couple months, severe back pain. And when you're in that kind of pain, that's all you can think about. You really lose sight of hope and you lose sight of a lot of things. You lose sight of the meaning of life, the purpose of life, because all you can focus on is your pain. Okay, is that the way God wants you to live your life? Let me, let, it, answer that question. Do you think that's the way God wants you to live your life, the rest of your life, in that kind of pain? Suffering, whatever it may be, be it you know, cancer, brain tumor, you're in the hospital, you've got tubes running out of your body. What is God's will? What does the Bible say if you are sick? Now, listen, if you would like to tell me what you're going through, how you feel, what your sickness is, just write to the bottom of the screen right now, and uh, I would like to at least hear from you what, what you're going through. What you're going through. It would be interesting to find that out, so please write me and let me know. I met a man one time who had a Lou Gehrig's disease. He was an elderly man, and he said, you know, uh, well, I got to church praying for me. But somebody had come to him, this elderly man, and said, you need to be anointed. And he said, ah, I don't need to be anointed. Forget that. I got all kinds of people praying for me. And, you know, the guy was really uninformed. Because the Bible has a lot to say about sick, and it has a lot to say about anointing the sick. Now, how would you like a solution to what you're going to, a solution to your pain, a solution to what your sickness, to what you're going through? Your Bible addresses a particular group of people, and it's not just any group of people that the Bible addresses. You know, the Bible doesn't say, well, is any broke among you? You know, you're financially out of money. 
You know, the Bible doesn't say, well, if you're broke, uh, let him send in a seed donation to some television evangelist. I never figured out, have figured out why people fall for that. I mean, if you're broke and you send in money you don't have to a television evangelist, guess what? You're going to have even less money than you have right now. I mean, this is a no-brainer. But for some reason, we like to think it's all magical. You know, it's like a magic show. You know, that's how we view God for some strange reason, but he's not like that. God is not a magic show. But anyway, the Bible doesn't say, is any unhappy among you? Is any confused? Is any upset? Is any lonely? Is any uh, lost? But the Bible does say, get this, let's take a look at this. Is any, James 5 and verse 14, is any sick among you? Oh, there's the group of people that we want to talk about. There's the group of people that your Bible addresses. Is any sick among you? What does it say to do if you're sick? Well, let's take a look. Let him call for the elders of the church. Well, okay, what does that mean? It means you pick up the phone, you call the elders of your church. The elder can be a deacon, it can be a minister, it can be the leadership of your church. You pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm sick, I need to be anointed. Now, I think it's interesting that the Bible doesn't say, let him call the doctor. It doesn't say that. Call your doctor. It first says, call the elders of the church. Now, wait a minute. Did I hear you say you're not religious? Did I hear you say you don't believe in God? Did I hear you say you're an atheist? Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. I know what the Bible says. It says, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. That's what you're supposed to do. So maybe if you don't believe in God or whatever, I guess you're just out of the picture here. Maybe you should call your doctor. Now, I'm not saying that you know, doctors are not, you know, obviously God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. You know, if I got a broken arm, chances are I'm going to call my doctor very quick because I can't stand the pain. But, uh, Doctors can replace, you know, they can <laughs> take body parts out and they can do all kinds of wonderful things, you know. But my point is, the Bible says, when you are sick, call for the elders of the church. That's the first thing you do. And maybe later on, if God is not willing to heal you, or the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is no when we ask to be anointed. When we ask God to heal us, the answer may be no. After you find out the answer is no, is no, then maybe you should, I think you should call your doctor. But the first thing you do is you call for the elders of the church. Now let's notice what else it says. It says, and let, let him call for the elders of the church. Again, elder, pick up the phone. I'm sick. I need to be anointed. Okay. And notice this, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, the word anoint means to separate, to set aside, to set apart. In other words, you're going to be set apart for a very special purpose. And hopefully that is that God will heal you. Now, it says to anoint him with oil. What in the world is this all about? Uh, what kind of oil? Is it motor oil? Is it WD-40? Is it, you know... SAE, 30 weight, whatever. No, it's, uh, it's olive oil. Many times when in the Bible, when kings came to power, they were anointed with oil. Uh, when people needed to be healed of sickness, they were anointed with oil. And the oil is just purely symbolic. There's no power in the oil. 
The oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that is going to heal you from your sickness. Now, the next thing we, talk, we, we need to understand about anointing the sick is the laying on of hands. That's right, the laying on of hands. I have a little uh, olive oil here, a little bottle of olive oil, olive oil that I use. What I do is I put a little bit on my fingertips. And the elders of the church will lay their hands on your head and ask God to heal you of your sickness. That's what the anointing process is all about. Now let's notice this in Acts uh, 28 and verse 8. It says, Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So the laying on of hand is not some subject that, the subject that the Bible doesn't address. If you type in that phrase, laying on of hands, you'll be, you'd be surprised at how many scriptures come up that talk about the laying on of hands. Again, when kings were anointed, when they came to power, you had the laying on of hands. When people were uh, uh, anointed of sickness, you had the laying on of hands. It really, it conveys a personal touch. It conveys sort of like the conveyance of a, of, of, a, of a gift from one person to another. In other words, you hope that the minister anointing you has the gift of healing. Okay? Now, you know, the minister is not always given the gift of healing. But you hope when you ask for anointing that the minister or deacon or servant that is going to anoint you has the gift of healing. Now, the gift of healing, you know, is given sporadically. It's given, you know, it's not always. In other words, there's been times that I have anointed people, and they come back and say, wow, that really worked. I mean, I, I don't have any more pain. I've been healed. But there's been a lot of other occasions when I have anointed people, you know, maybe someone with a brain tumor, cancer, someone who is dying, and nothing happened. So just because the minister is given the gift of healing at this moment, does not mean he'll be given the gift of healing the next time. Just because he has the gift of healing today doesn't mean he'll have it tomorrow. So, but you never know until you ask. You never know until you're willing to go to the church and say, hey, I'm sick. I need to be anointed. You know, people, I tell you, people are willing to take a chance on anything. They play the lottery. They play, you know, they gamble with their money. But they're not willing to take a chance on God and to, to go to the church and say, hey, I want to be anointed. Now, maybe God will heal you. Maybe he will not. But are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to take that chance? And I sometimes think the reason people are not willing to take that chance is because they are afraid of rejection. They're afraid the answer may be no. And you see, no is an answer. It may not be God's will. Jesus prayed to, to the Father and said, Oh Lord, take this cup away from me. I don't want to go through what I'm having, this crucifixion. Take it away. And the answer came back and the answer was no. I'm not going to take it away. But at least when you get your answer, then you can get on with your life. Then you can call your doctor when you, when the, when you find out that the answer is no from God. But are you willing to go to the church to be anointed? Because that's what your Bible says to do. Now, when we go to be anointed, it's important to know what you want. Now, what does that mean? I mean, it almost sounds crazy. Well, what do you mean, know what I want? I want to be healed. Do you? Do you really? 
You see, I've met a lot of misery lovers in my lifetime. I've met a lot of hypochondriacs who thought they were sick. And they wouldn't trade in their sickness for all the gold in the world. They love it. It's a way they get sympathy from other people. So, now, on one occasion, Jesus asked a blind man. Now, get this. Jesus said, he asked a blind man, what is it that you want me to do? <laughs> Wasn't it obvious the guy was blind? And the blind man said, Lord, I want to see. I want. Why did he ask that? Well, let me tell you why. I think Jesus wanted a positive affirmation from this blind man. Lord, I want to to see, because you see, when, when God heals you of your sickness, you're going to have to accept personal responsibility once you've been healed. For the blind man, he could see things now that he could never see before. He could see things that were wrong, he could see things that were right. And the things that were wrong, he had to accept responsibilities for his action. He could say, no, I'm not going to look at that, the things that are wrong. You see, and it's critical to understand. Can God trust you if he heals you? What will you do if God heals you? Will you reject God? Will you go out and make a fool of yourself? Jesus comes along and he asks a blind man, What is it that you want me to do? And the blind man said, Lord, I want to be able to see. Do you really want to be healed? You got to know what you want. I'll give you another example here. Let's say the man with lower back pain who receives a disability check from the government. Well, I have this lower back pain. Oh, it's killing me. I'd give anything to be free from that. But I also get this dis disability check. Let's see, if I get rid of the lower back pain, disability check, mm, uh, lower back pain, that's killing me. Uh, disability check is nice. Uh, you know, which one do I want? What is it that you want when you go to the church and ask you to be asked to be anointed? Now let's continue on in James 5 and verse uh, 15. Let's notice what it says. It says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Notice this. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Another, and that sounds like an absolute promise to me. Another translation says this, same verse says this, The prayer made in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will restore them to health. That sounds like an absolute promise. Okay, if that's an absolute promise though, then why are so many prayers for healing not answered? Question, why then are so many prayers for healing not answered? or not answered the way we would like. Well, I want to give you several reasons here. First one is, when God says to do something a certain way, guess what? He means it. He means do it. That's why he gives the instructions. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil, laying on of hands. Ask God to, you know, to heal you. That, the reason God gives instructions is so that we can follow them. Yeah, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. Okay, now, that's one of the reasons why our prayers are not answered. We don't follow instruction. Now, let me tell you about a man. His name was Naaman. He was a Syrian officer. He had leprosy. He was a sick man. He had leprosy. 
And Elisha was a man of God. And Naaman goes to Elisha to be healed, to be anointed. And the servant, um, Elisha's servant comes out and says, uh, my boss says, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. And Naaman blew up. I mean, he blew up. He said, I thought he would call on the name of the Lord. I thought he would dance around on stage. You know what Naaman wanted? Naaman wanted a television evangelist. He wanted something like a Benny Hinn or something, knocking people upside to be healed, be healed. That's what he wanted. He wanted a show. And Elisha just comes out and says, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. And finally, Naaman's servant talked some sense into him. He said, look, Naaman, if, if, if Elisha had told you to go climb a grease pole, you would have done that. If he had told you to do something really hard, you would have went out and done something like that. And Naaman said, well, yeah, I would have. He said, all Elisha is telling you to do is go dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times. Why don't you get your butt out there and do it? And so Naaman did it. Now, what do you think would have happened? So he goes out there, and I get this, he goes out and dips himself one time, two times, three, four, five, six, seven. What do you think would have happened if Naaman would have dipped himself only three and a half times? How about four? How about five? How about six? How about six and a half? How about six and three quarter? How about six and seven eighths? Nah, seven times he dips himself, and he comes up, and his leprosy was completely cleansed. He was healed. So my first point is, the reason, the first reason our prayers are not answered for healing is because we don't listen to instructions very well. That's the first reason. Now the second reason is no faith. No faith. Notice James 5 and verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now why would I say no faith? Well, because I am amazed at how very few people come to the church to, to ask to be anointed. The reason people don't ask to be anointed is because they don't have any faith that God will do anything. Or maybe they fear rejection. Maybe they fear the answer from God will be no. But nonetheless, they don't, they don't have the faith to ask to be anointed. So the second reason is no faith. Your lack of faith is revealed by the fact that you have not asked the church to anoint you. That's your lack of faith right there. Let's continue on in James 5 and verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. This brings me to the next point. The third reason our prayers are not answered for healing, and that is we don't take our sins seriously, do we? No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Because this, this verse says, if he has committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Part of the anointing process is that you're going to be forgiven of your sins. Now, Jesus said this. Let's take a look at this in... Uh, John 14, verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you, sh if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus comes along and says, Look, you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Hey, that sounds pretty good. That means God's going to heal me. 
Uh, hold on to your britches here. Hold on a second. Let's continue on to the next. Uh, let's skip to the verse uh, 15. John 14 and verse 15. It says, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So Jesus comes along and says, Look, you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And then he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. You see, a relationship with God is not a one-way street. You can't just go along and say, oh, Lord, give me this, give me that, heal me, heal me, heal me. God comes along and says, okay, I'm willing to do anything for you, but if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, it's about a relationship with God. It's not just a one-way street. You can't go along demanding what you want from God. God expects something from you also. I'll do anything for you, God says. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? It's a two-way street. Now, when we go to the elders of the church to be anointed, our focus needs to be on um, what it costs God to forgive us of our sins. You see, you being healed is not the hard part. All God has to do is just say the words, be healed, and you will be healed. But when we are forgiven of our sins, you see, the cost of God being able to forgive you was very painful. It cost him everything. It cost him the life of his son, Jesus Christ. God being able to heal you is a simple thing. Forgiving you is a little bit tougher. Now, do you want to be healed? When you ask to be anointed, focus on the fact that you are being forgiven of your sins if you want to see results. Jesus put it very simply. He said, he said this, he said in Matthew 9 and verse 5, he said, uh, for which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say arise and walk? The implication is this, it's much easier just for God to say arise and walk, but to forgive you is a little bit tougher because of what it cost God. It cost him everything. It cost him his son's life. And when you ask the church to anoint you, you're not just asking for one thing. You're not just asking to be healed. You're asking for two things. You're asking to be healed, yes, but you're also asking God to forgive you of your sins. Let's notice this verse. This powerful verse in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes, we ourselves are healed. That tells me that God knows what it's like to feel pain. Jesus was beaten within an inch of his life. You know, it was no cakewalk what Christ had to go through. He was beaten with a... I think what's called a cat of nine tails. It's a long whip with chunks of metal and bone in the end. He was beaten with that. He knows what it's like to feel pain. He knows what it's like to feel rejection. All of his disciples abandoned him in the end. You're lying there in a hospital bed with tubes running out of your body. You're in pain. And it seems like all lovers are out, all your friends, family, relatives are out there having, living their life, having a good time. You know what it's like to feel rejection. You know what it's like to feel pain. And I'm telling you, your Savior knows what it's like to feel those things. He was tempted in all areas like us, yet without sin. You can go to God and say, Jesus, you know what this is like. 
Now I want to offer you something here entitled, Is Any Sick Among You? It's a little brochure. Listen, you order this. It's free of charge. I don't want anything from you. I don't want your money. I don't want, I'm not going to invite you to church. I'm not going to beg you for money. I'm not going to sell your name to a mailing list. You get this, you get it free. Is any sick among you? And it goes through much of what I've talked about. Tells a little story of Naaman. Tells, you know, it goes through uh, uh, about calling for the elders of the church, praying over them, anointing him of all, in the name of the Lord, forgiveness of sin and healing, laying out of hands, uh, anointing cloths, uh, will God heal me? Critical little brochure that you need to have if you're sick. You need to know what the Bible says about this subject. <clears throat> so, I guess my question is this. You know, we go back to the theme of this program. Is that really in the Bible? Does God care about sick people? Does he really care? And I think the one thing that keeps us from being anointed is that fear of rejection. It's the fear that God may say no. But at least, like I said, no is an answer. And at least if God tells you no, I'm not going to heal you, then you can get on with your life. You can do other things. You can plan your life. You can call your doctor. You can do whatever you want to do. But at least you have an answer. And you never know. The answer may be, yes, I will heal you. The answer may be that God actually grants to this servant minister, elder, deacon, whatever, the gift of healing. And you would be the next person in line to be healed. You never know. Yes, it's a gamble, but you never know until you try. So does God care about sick people? Well, not only does he care, he sends out a personalized invitation to you. A personalized invitation. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him be anointed with oil. The laying on of hands and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Does God care? You better believe that God cares about your condition. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You really have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Ask to be anointed. And that's what's really in the Bible, the fact that God really does care about the sick, the sick people. And he may just want you to be healed. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.